All right. Rascal Bros. Uh, hey, by the way, guys, you're listening to a conversation about dot, 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 or the latest episode of Conversations about dot, dot, dot. My name is Will. The Rascal Bros are with me. Uh, and, you know, doing awesome stuff as always. Uh, I do have a question for you. Okay. Um, growing up, did you guys play Mortal Kombat at all? Did you play any of the video games? Did you watch the movies that came out and such? Well, Will, I will let you know that Smider and I grew up in the 90s. So the answer to mm-hmm. all of those questions is yes, of course. Okay. I watched a little uh, bit of that bad cartoon. Yeah, even a little bit of that. Oh, you're talking about, uh, now, wait, when you say bad cartoon, are we talking about the old school cartoon in Mortal Kombat in the 90s? Yes. Yes. Okay, I remember that cartoon. The one where Maybe. the one where they had Kwai Liang in it. Yeah, he was cool. Yeah. That, that well, show is the know. reason why Sub-Zero is my favorite. You know, there you go. I mean, I even played through, I think it was the Sub-Zero game that was out on Ew. PS1. Mm. Gross. Wasn't the greatest game in the world. Didn't say it was. Just played it. Disgusting. Just because, you know. <laughs> yeah. I will say, well, Icky, I will also say that Mortal Kombat, as a franchise with their video game cutscenes, have had some of the best and the worst voice acting I've ever heard. Yeah. And I, and I treasure, I treasure all of it close to my heart. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and here's the thing about Mortal Kombat 2, is that it's endured long enough, it can have some slips and misses, and it's okay. Like, we understand that's something that goes along with the territory. The longer something lasts, I mean, for every, you know, case in point, for every Batman hush, for example, if you think about it in comic book terms, you know, for every Batman hush, for every Dark Knight Returns, for every, uh, every, uh, everything like that, you know, you have, uh, of course, the animated <laughs> movie. I'm trying to think of. I'm trying to think of other Batman-related things that are like super hot boy. I, uh, um, I I know, and I just I like the joke of those two, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Long well, Halloween. I just couldn't think of them right off. Long Halloween. Yeah. Returns. Um, yeah. Well. Yeah. I don't well. <laughs> but yeah. So, uh, but you know, there's also you know. You know, death in the family, things like that. There's all these things. And then you have moments like Zoom and R-R, where, like, you know, Batman is in a multicolored outfit, and it's oh. an alternate reality. Zoran R. Zoran R. Or you got Batman, or you got Batmite. You know, or you have that god-awful death in the family and interactive, um, interactive movie where they basically take the under the red hood and they adapt it and do different animation and okay. different voice actors and stuff. I'll do you one even better, Will. Okay. For every high point of Batman, we have also had Batman comics where he just slaps the taste out of Robin's mouth. <laughs> the memes live on forever. <laughs> Silver okay. Age was always the best time. Silver Age was a great time when they all fought the Nazis. Yep. Hey, Batman had a gun at one point. Like, some of the people talk about the fact, oh, Batman's never killed. Batman doesn't hold a gun. Batman was had a platinum badge at one point, y'all. And, uh, like, I think it was Silver Age. Gold, I think it was Silver Age when he had a gun and he had, like, a detect- platinum badge. And he could just kick a door in and just start doing investigations and mess up all sorts of evidence. And just like how sometimes... Golden Age. There are... Thank you. 
Uh, just like how Silver there were sometimes... Ages when they started making things very kid-friendly, and the Commons Code Authority was really k- kicking off. That's right. And so that's uh-huh. why they had really goofy storylines, and that's where Robin really got most of his shining and stuff. And just like poor decisions, like giving Batman a gun... Mistakes were made. Mistakes were made in Mortal Kombat, and stuff like uh-huh. having Scorpion's spear come out of his hand and let it be like a little lizard... Mm-hmm. That was a bad yeah. idea. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But you know what, though? That first Mortal Kombat movie kind of has a special place in my heart for multiple reasons. It involved good and bad. Like the fact that even though I love Christopher Lambert as an actor, and even though I loved him as Raiden in the movie, I was like, why is a white dude playing the Chinese God of Thunder? It's, um... <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's the Japanese God of Thunder. Oh, Jap- I'm sorry, Japanese God of Thunder. My apologies. Thank you for the correction. But to be fair, um, the people over at previously Midway, now simply NetherRealm Studios, since Midway had folded many years ago, um, they weren't trying to be super accurate with their characters. That's why ah. that's why there was uh, Raiden when it's actually supposed to be Raijin. But, you know, it's it's whatever. They got it right with Fujin, so You know hmm. what uh, you know what game series got it right the hmm. first time? Metal Gear. But that's uh, but hey, what do I know? What do I know? What do I care? <laughs> Bro, I don't wanna s I don't wanna imply that you just shoehorned Metal Gear into this episode again? But I absolutely shoehorned Metal Gear into this episode. You guys want to talk about Metal Gear in the Metal Gear movie? That's going to be coming maybe, out? Will, did I talk maybe, about that? Yeah, 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 we talked about the Metal Gear movie with Isaac. I, uh, was, um, was it, I can't think of his name now. It's Oscar, the guy that was Pope. Oscar was guy, Isaac. Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac, there we go. Uh, but anyway, yeah, we've talked about that, and but you know what? That's okay because one of these days we will do an episode where I'm just gonna be like, okay, I'm just gonna be here to listen to these guys talk about Metal Gear for the next two hours, and then I'm just gonna sit there and offer no actual insight whatsoever, other than just to hear y'all t- tell me about Metal Gear. Hey, Will, you know what's really cool and really fun? What's that? Uh, I just recently uh, uploaded the VODs from our streams. So uh-huh. from Metal Gear Solid One all the way up through uh, Revengeance, Revengeance, Metal yeah. Gear Rising, Revengeance, which is oh, if I could just watch it. They're all up there now, so you can catch up okay. with the story because we really try our best in our streams to let the story get said and yeah. that we give insight and kind of explain kind of some of the more confusing parts yeah. of the plot yeah. and try to keep everybody up to date with it as we play. Yeah. So okay. they're all up there. They're all on yeah. YouTube now. Mm-hmm. Um, where we just finished playing Peace Walker. The, the VODs for Peace Walker are not quite up yet. Mm-hmm. We're going to okay. be starting the last Metal Gear Solid game, which is Metal Gear Solid 5. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to be starting that this coming weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, oh! So yeah. that, we're excited cool. for that. But um, check out the VODs. Check out the VODs. They're there. Do them on your free time. If you're going to be drawing and listening to stuff, mm-hmm. just have it running in the background. Yeah. Uh, and you'll you be go. able to catch up on the story of the games. Mm-hmm. There you go. That sounds I, like a plan. I wanted to let you know that because it's it's difficult to catch us live. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Especially when I work these odd, weird hours. So, yeah. But that's okay. I appreciate you letting me know because, yeah, that, that'll rock. I'll let you be able to listen to it and do that. But 
Yes. Speaking of Metal Gear, uh, that might be something you know that we bring up again in a future episode that that we we're kind of talking about doing because of the people at the website Jezebel, who is like uh, tied to like a feminist group of gamers and such and, and other you know feminist products and things like that that are on online. And they had an article with a very interesting question. And the question was, why wasn't Chun-Li in the Mortal Kombat trailer? Now, I'm not going to read this article. I'm not going to really quote a whole lot of things from the article. Because when I saw the headline from the article, I thought somebody was trolling. I honestly did. I honestly thought somebody just kind of was like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if somebody came up with an article where they're like, why, where was Chun-Li in, in the Mortal Kombat movie? Right. I actually, did, I actually did read the article. I also read the article completely. Okay. It's a so, I gentlemen, your thought, your thought, well, I've read the article, too. I'm just not going to quote the stuff on the article, but no, your no. thoughts on the article, first of all. All right, well, well, first of all, I think it's great. <laughs> I think it is also great. I think it's a I hilarious just, I, mistake. I, I want to I wanna, uh, explain, because uh, yes. I was confused as to what Jezebel was. So yes. I, I took the time to actually look it up and, and do some research on this website because mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if they were trying to be satirical because there's a lot of satirical websites out there. Sure. Um, yeah. There, there's I get game, my news from The Onion. Video game specific. Uh, <laughs> there's video game specific satirical mm-hmm. news websites mm-hmm. in the hard drive. Yep. One of my favorites. Love it because yeah. of how much they know about video games. Jezebel is a feminist website um, and it's, it's meant to be lighthearted. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably why, because I read the article, mm. and it was all like, you know, Chun-Li is a very important video game character. Um, and so they were like, why wasn't she in the trailer? Um, why was but she then in after, the trailer for Mortal Kombat? After that, they were like, that being said, this trailer looks really fun. It's It's mm-hmm. got all these special effects. It's really interesting mm-hmm. from a gamer standpoint, all this other stuff. Yeah. Right? And then afterwards, they put up the update. But... Um, from what I'm reading is that Jezebel was created because of they they didn't like other female focused magazines such as Cosmo, such as um, Vogue, like really uh, women specific women's health. They yeah. they were like they these are for women, but they really kind of perpetuate this like negative uh, stereotype of women and stuff and like only women read cosmo uh-huh. and, yeah. and and stuff like that and women don't read anything else they just read cosmo yeah like there's no way a girl would be interested in like i don't know uh electronic gaming monthly or playstation magazine or anything like that right. so yeah. jezebel was created to just be a, like kind of be the antithesis of those kinds of magazines sure. and so that's why they would write an article about the mortal kombat movie mm-hmm and um, unfortunately, the writer that they had at the time didn't know. Didn't know. They were like, "Why is it Chun Li in the Mortal Kombat movie trailer?" You know. And it was it was mainly made, meant to be lighthearted. Yeah. And even the response at the end of it, I think, was really lighthearted and really yeah. silly because they realized they made a mistake and they corrected it. Right. They 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 put up a a, a thing to to correct it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll mm-hmm. read I'll read the update on yeah. here. It's <laughs> the way that it's worded made me laugh because it really made me feel like, oops, like, yeah, we made a mistake, but that's OK. Kind of a kind yeah. of a feel to it. It says just yeah. it, it said the update 
Jezebel has discovered the answer to our question about Chun-Li's erasure, and it is that Chun-Li is not part of the Mortal Kombat Megaverse. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> it's the wow at the end that makes me go, okay, you guys are all right. Wow! <laughs> We feel like this was such a, wow, such wow. We feel like this was a, a legitimate mistake, and that's fine. Yeah, and you see, when you can roll with the punches like that, admit that you made a mistake, and still have that on there, that's great. Now the question really here should be: Why wasn't Chun Li in the Tekken movie? That's a good question. What's the deal with that? They already had Xiao Yu. Actually, they didn't even have. I don't Xiao think Yu. Xiao Yu no, was in there. I think Nina was it. Nina and uh, her sister yeah. were in it, and they were doing weird stuff with Kazuya. Yeah, but let's not talk about the. the <laughs> you know what? Let's talk about some. Let's talk about another uh, fighting game movie. How about the Legend of Chun Li? Why wasn't Chun Li in that? She was everywhere in that. She was everywhere in that. Yeah. Oh well, why wasn't she about? in the original Street Fighter Two movie? She was in that because she was in that too, played by Ming Na Wen. Hey, you want to know something? It's not like we've talked about that before yeah. on this very podcast. I know. Yeah. <laughs> hey, bro, why don't you That's talk it. about New Jack again? Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, did you guys hear about that time the New Jack bladed a kid? Yes, we've heard it a few times from you. Oh, okay. Well, I figured since well, we're all talking about stuff that we've talked about before, why don't we go ahead and just circle back to Mortal Kombat and uh, how Chun-Li should have been in the trailer. Oh, well, you know. I know that immediately there's going to be a couple of old school nerds. Mm -hmm. First of all, like bottom line, I think all of this is hilarious. And I know that there's going to be a a subset of old school nerds that are going to pop their lids Mm -hmm. at this. (laughs) And I'll be like, yo, they're not the same! I say this as one who was raised by that generation of nerds. Yeah. To hunt down and crucify anybody that was wrong about that. Now, Jingles and I also have a pretty nasty history of uh, correcting people. Yes. That being said... We mostly like to do it for fun and yeah. to actually be informative and not actually try to tear anybody down. In other words, you guys would excel at, um, actually, Chun Li was in the Street Fighter franchise. I'm not too sure why we're mentioning, uh, Street that Chun Li should have been in a Mortal Kombat trailer when she's never appeared in a Mortal Kombat game. So, uh, um, actually, it would only be a simple answer, and all you would have to do is say, Chun Li is from Street Fighter, not Mortal Kombat. And yes, we do like them. Actually, we're very good at them. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I like to think that uh, I've won a couple of um actually episodes. I think I've only, I probably only would have made it. Like I, I probably would have done fair. <laughs> I don't think I would have ever actually won an episode. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, everyone that's listening, go check out um actually on YouTube. It's great. It's great, pretty great. Great little, great little show uh, with a lot of interesting facts that even I was learning things from. There were certain comic book things that I just wasn't aware of. And so I thought it was really cool. And so it's, it's a really neat opportunity if you're you know, trying to grow your geeky fan base. And, you're, you know, I mean, they do everything from Star Wars to, 
you know, Doctor Who and all sorts of crazy stuff. So, I mean, you never know what kind of geekdom and fandom you're going to get into. Yeah, even if you're crazy so. and like Game of Thrones. Hey, hey. <laughs> Somebody has to like it. And my friend Mod Park did illustration stuff for it. So, all, all I got to say is about that is, you know, I'm, I'm not super fan of Game of Thrones, but I get the fascination behind it. Mm-hmm. So... But anyway, speaking of Mortal Kombat, now that we've gotten the Chun-Li of it all out of the way, although I would, I do think it's hilarious that, you know, we do have a new Street Fighter game now. Mm-hmm. I, I, it would be interesting if somehow or another uh, Capcom and Midway, Capcom and the people that do Street Fighter, I mean, uh, do, do Street Fighter, well, Capcom does do Street Fighter, so the people yeah. that do Mortal Kombat would come together and be like, you know, we need a Chun-Li DLC somehow. And they'd be like, but wait, Chun-Li doesn't know how to kill people, does she? It's like, well, we can come up with a way to make her kill people in this game. And then it's like, okay, well, you know, maybe we can make the joke become a reality. So, Gosh, I hope not. Well, I'm not saying that it's the most, it's the greatest idea in the world, but I do think it would just be funny if they did it because of the hype behind the It'd be interesting. Anyway, so speaking of which, the Mortal Kombat trailer itself, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you guys had a chance to watch said trailer? Only a few times. Mm-hmm. A few times. Okay. So right off the bat, I'm going to say this. Uh, so the guy that plays Jax uh-huh. in the um, in the new movie uh, is the same guy that plays Jimmy Olsen in the... In the uh, uh, Supergirl series. The Supergirl show? Yeah. Really? And so, yeah, same dude. He's so much bigger. Oh, he's a lot bigger. I mean, he kind of, like, he, he he took some time to get ripped. Jack, Jack's got jacked? Oh, definitely. Nice. But anyway, so uh, that first scene, when you see him going up against Scorpion, you know, and you got Sonya kind of narrating. And Sonya is talking about the whole fact of him being superpowered, just that and everything else. And they're going up against this person, and they were they were superpowered or enhanced. Um, and your boy Sub Zero proceeds to literally grab the gun and like just freeze it, so that even though Jack pulls the trigger, the bullet freezes, and he just watches the bullet with this eeriness, like, "Oh wow!" So that's how that works. I never had frozen a gun where I could stop a bullet before it hits me in the face. This is interesting. Now I don't know if that's what he was thinking. I'm just I'm just thinking in my head what I'd be thinking if I had the ability to do what he did. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So they do this whole thing, and so he's just watching it, and then you see him grab Jax's arms and just literally starts freezing the arm. Just like oh 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 gosh, this is gonna hurt. Oh. Oh, and then he does the whole rip, blast, destroy the ice arms. I'm just like, ah, like that oh, is scary. This a uh, no, now this is a whole nother way that Jack's lost his arms. <laughs> the actor's name is the actor's name is McCod Brooks, by the way. McCod Brooks. Uh-huh. I just wanted yeah. to bring that up. Yeah. Also, are we are we gonna go doing a play by play of every scene in the movie now? Or in the no, no, we don't need to do it. I was just going to ask what y'all's thoughts about it. I was just saying that, that was probably my favorite scene in the whole movie, that first bit, uh, because uh, it let me know. 
it let me know right off we were not dealing with anything prior. Like, this wasn't a tip to try to relate it to any prior movies. Right? This is just like, nope, this is our baby. This is what we're doing. Yeah. I was like, dude, I was sold from that moment on. I, uh... I don't know. Uh, I think I think I felt like I was kind of on board the moment that I saw the actor playing that they're gonna have playing Scorpion. I'm gonna look up his name right quick, but mm-hmm. um, that way, that way uh, Jingles is typing get doesn't get caught on the mic. Okay, um, never mind then. But uh, the moment that I saw that actor, because I uh, I I love seeing I loved seeing him in the last samurai and uh the wolverine and uh even in adventures endgame uh-huh. i've seen that guy and um he every single role i've ever seen him in he always plays it very straight and very stoic he has this what people would just sort of refer to as a very sort of samurai presence he was also in uh i think it was uh, 37 ronin and uh, he he always had this regality to his presence wherever he went. Okay. And I just think that it's really cool that they have somebody as powerful and historic as him playing this character. And, by the way, his name is Hiroyuko... Uh, sorry, Hiroyuki Sanada. Sanada. Okay. That's what I said. I was repeating to make sure. Okay. I was doing the Metal Gear thing. So, but you didn't phrase it as a question. Sonata. Sonata. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he uh, apparently, while on the set and during the creative process of this new film, they actually asked him to bring more of his own personal heritage to the character, and he actually walked him through what a more traditional Japanese setting or what this character would be like as a more traditionally Japanese character. And I think ah. that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Because he a ninja. He a ninja. Yeah. And, and man, I'll tell you what, he definitely put in some work on them folks in that field. He I'm sure tell you. Oh, that was outside of his house. Oh, well, he put in work outside his house. Yep. <laughs> So I, now I got Now I have to rearrange the entire garden. Great, thanks, guys. It's like that. That that didn't work well for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about you, brother? Honest thoughts. Honest thoughts on the trailer. Yeah. Well, we're right now we're talking about like what our favorite parts of the trailers were, but I know we're also just going to go straight into honest thoughts about the trailer. Almost my favorite parts of that trailer. It's hard to say. My favorite parts were the ice effects. That was my favorite part. I really liked, especially that one part where Sub Zero's walking down the street and he's like throwing a whole bunch of ice across the street and it's like go like skidding across the the road. And you stuff. noticed that too. It's, yeah, I, I thought lo- it looked really good. I liked it because yeah, right. It hit and then it slid a little bit, mm-hmm. like ice. Like ice. Ah. It's kind of novel to think about, but like we didn't have ice effects that good. Yeah, <laughs> like way back. Yeah, we didn't. No. It would have just stopped. It would have it would have required Luke Kane throwing a bucket of water at him. Yep. <laughs> and then he I died. Remember that. 
Oh my gosh, that was so beautiful and so sad at the same time. <laughs> no, my one weakness, water. I've never taken a bath in my life. I've never had control over water before. It just happens. I can't control it. When it rains, I stay inside. Rain is like sunshine. Rain to me is like sunshine to vampires. And then meanwhile, right outside the window is rain. The character rain with his face pressed against the window. Come outside, Sub-Zero. I have something for you. <laughs> ah, yeah, I think so. I think that that was my favorite part of the trailer. Yeah, yeah. I do have questions. I'm still trying to figure out why Johnny Cage isn't in this movie at all. Like, was there an issue with using the character? I wonder. Like, I know they're doing this whole thing with this new character named Cole, who may or may not be tied to Sub Zero. I mean, not Sub-Zero, but Scorpion, you know, and things like that. So, but I'm like, why leave Johnny Cage out? Don't know. We don't know you if know. he's not going to be in the movie. Well, yeah, but I just know that right now in the trailer, he definitely wasn't in that roll call they did. Nope. Nope. Hollywood! You know. Neither was Shang Tsung, I don't believe. No, Shang Tsung was there. Oh, never mind. He wasn't in the roll call, but he was in the trailer. You saw him, which I still felt like when I saw that dude, whoever dude plays it playing Shang Tsung, I'm like, you know, the guy that plays Shang Tsung in the original movie is still alive, and he, I feel like he could still play the role. He has. To get him. Yes. Well, I know he has, because wasn't he, it, isn't he in the most recent game? Yes, he is. <laughs> they <do>? Yeah. <laughs> they did him, they had him, and... Uh, Christopher Lambert come back, didn't they? They brought back Christopher. They they brought back Christopher Lambert for a skin. Mm -hmm. Shang Tsung, okay. just proper Shang Tsung in the game is the old actor. Mm -hmm. Oh so wow! They brought back uh, the skins for Johnny Cage and Sonya Blade. Yeah, the actors who yeah. perform in the movies. Yeah, but those are just skins. They're not like the main characters. No. Oh okay. However, they did get them to come back and voice those skins, though. They yeah. did. Impressive. That is impressive. I mean, you know, I don't mind seeing Bridget Wilson, you know, or uh, Christopher Lambert, or, I mean, most of the guys that came in, of course. Did Robin Shu come back to do his version of Liu Kang? He did not. Okay. I was just wondering. Nope. You so, know a movie I love Robin Shu in, actually, beyond Mortal Kombat? Beverly Hills Ninja with Chris Farley. Yeah, he's really good in that. He's very sweet. I love him in that movie. So, do we want to go over uh, just our like impressions, like what we're feeling about this movie based on the trailer? Well, I was just going to say once everybody got done, you know, just how do you feel about it? Do you feel like that uh, this captures Mortal Kombat very well so far? I think that I think it kind of does. Mm -hmm. Me personally, because after going through 9X and 11 and seeing, like, I think the past three Mortal Kombat games have been a second renaissance for them when it comes to their storytelling and the sort of world that they want Mortal Kombat to be. And mm -hmm. I think that this new movie is sort of keying into it. 
I will see when it finally does come out, but if they can manage to lean into the levity and the sort of bombastic outrageousness that Mortal Kombat is right now, then I think they're just going to have a fantastic film on their hands. But that, again, being said, they need to be able to have all the characters have some sort of levity. And I know that you know this is a little bit darker than Mortal Kombat kind of is right now. Mm-hmm. But at least it's a lot brighter than that web series that was taken off with Mortal Kombat, which was ultra serious, ultra dark, and ultra realistic. And Are we talking about the one with Michael John White as Jax? Yes. Okay. And, uh, but by the way, that was a great casting bit right there. Mm-hmm. Yes, very much so. And um, I feel like if they're able to just continue to embrace all the aspects of Mortal Kombat beyond the surface level gore and violence and actually embrace how sort of silly this world is, I feel like that'll actually help them with the film. I'm a bit more... Uh, I'm, a, I'm a little optimistic, but I'm also trying to be cautiously optimistic. I think I'm going to have a good time, but we'll see. Brother? Um, I'm, I'm really not expecting great things from this movie. Um, yeah. It's, uh, from the trailer and from the... At first, when they were talking about having everybody like involved with it and and all that i was like oh maybe that'll be fine uh but the trailer itself doesn't really like spark any real excitement or anything for me um it's another one it's really feeling like another one of those things where it's just all like oh we have the rights to this hey we got all these characters oh uh, let's change them so that they make more sense in a movie thing oh no i snapped his neck what happened Uh, um It's 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 a very it happens a lot in Hollywood, and I don't think WB understands their characters. Um, It's been a running thing for a while. Um, I think I think at the very least the movie might be fun and entertaining, but I don't think it's going to be a good movie. Uh, Down to changing Jax's like the the way Jax lost his arms and all that. it just tells me that they're like, oh, we're, we're going to have a ch- tangential knowledge of how these characters work and um, build from there. Um, that's the impression I've been getting. I, I, I don't think that there's going to be um, a very close representation of how these characters actually are in the games. So that's what I'm expecting. I'm not expecting a whole lot. I'm not, I don't think I'm going to hate this movie, though. I think I'm going to be fine with this movie. It's going to be like the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. It's going to be safe going to be about video game characters and it's going to be fine i'm I'm expecting a six out of ten i'm not expecting a bad movie but i'm not expecting anything outstanding by any means i do think it's interesting that we're getting an r rating on it i think that's interesting that we're finally getting an r-rated you know mortal kombat live action movie so that'll be interesting to see how it works do you feel like uh because of course they're they're promoting it as you know they're going to try to get in theater if they can but if not it'll be on hbo max for you know that first um, that first thirty one days. Mm-hmm. You know, so do you feel like this is one of those movies that could get you to be like, 
I guess I'm going to try out the, the free trial of HBO Max. Absolutely not. The, okay. the movie that... The, there's only one movie that I'm even contemplating getting a free trial for HBO Max. And that is Godzilla vs. Kong. That's the only movie okay. right now that even has me... Ha, even has my nose hairs tingling for it. That's the only one. Mortal Kombat does not look like a, the kind of movie that I want to use up a free trial to watch. Okay. Uh, I, however, think I might. I'm not completely sold on it. I need to see more. I need more Mortal Kombat before you convince me. Yeah. As far as, as, far as the effects go... I think the ice effects look incredible. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the coolest parts of the, the whole thing. Yeah. All of the other effects are okay. Yeah. And even I didn't even like Kano's eye laser. I thought it looked actually really bad. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's doing also... I didn't realize this until we were watching it, but it's doing this thing where it's the, uh, the position of the entire laser and not the end point are changing. When he's laughing, because mm-hmm. I noticed that like when he's when he's laughing, his head bobs a little bit, mm-hmm. and when it does, uh-huh. the entire plank of the laser goes up and down, rather than the end point of the laser staying where it's at and his head moving. So it's like it's changing the angle. Mm-hmm. Huh. So that's a small detail, but uh, I agree with Jingles on that. I think the ice the uh, ice special effects are probably the best thing that that looks the best on there. Blood, blood looks pretty good. Blood looks but okay, but I think we need a closer look. Mm. Um, Luke King's fire dragon thing looks fine. Um, it looks like a big CG dragon. Um, so yeah. take that or leave it. Yes, yeah. it's it looks it looks CG. Yeah. Um, whatever that people are assuming that's reptile and that one like part looks like trash not a fan of that i did see Um, a little bit of the invisibility effects and i thought those looked pretty cool those would probably be fine yeah i i feel like once you've mastered predator Mm -hmm. like there's no excuse to have bad invisibility effects yeah true no excuse yeah um i however will say that i think the fire effects might be the weakest yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. I kind of felt like when I saw Goro in that scene near the end of the trailer, I kind of felt like they took the model from the original Goro and just made it a little bit prettier with a little bit more hair. You know, Goro kind of impressed me, but we also Goro saw him for okay a little for, bit. Yeah, the few seconds that I saw him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Honestly, that- honestly, he looks better than the original model of Goro. <laughs> No, don't tell anybody that. Don't tell anybody that. That old, it, you go <laughs> pop that game back in right now, and you'll be like, ew. <laughs> you will. It's a gross stop motion creature. It is. It's disgusting. The Goro that they had in the first movie, yeah, that looks amazing. Yeah. And that's because they did amazing animatronic suit stuff. Yeah. He also gets punched yep. in the in between. Yeah. But, you know. That's, yeah. It's part of the charm of the original movie. Those were five hundred dollars sunglasses. Yeah, and you, you gotta appreciate uh, Johnny. Johnny Cage just need to be comedic. Mm-hmm. You know, it feels like they're gonna let Kano carry a lot of the comedy in this one. Yeah, Who, yeah. Kano doesn't even look like Kano to me. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to say there's that scene at the, at the very end where he says, Kato wins, and he says whatever he says, and, uh, and he's sitting right. there with no laser, and I'm like, so are we going to get his total origin story, like how he goes from being the normal human Kato into becoming the cybernetic version of Kato that we all know and love or hate, depending on where you stand on his character? I honestly think we just might, but this is my takeaway from from the promotional art. Mm-hmm. And some of the promotional art shows him with one of his eyes glowing and parts of his skin peeled back on his face where there's cybernetics underneath. Okay. So we might get that. I don't know. Maybe Reptile messes him up a little bit and some of that gets peeled back. Oh, and uh, one of the uh, what's funny is that the director for the film actually did a breakdown on the trailer. And uh-huh. he was talking about how when the film eventually does get to fatalities, we're going to be building towards that. And he was saying that uh, we didn't want to make it that fatalities are just sort of a one-and-done thing on just uh, people that you're really not going to be too keyed in on or actually really know their names or anything. We want the fatalities to mean something. So Hmm. chances are there are going to be fatalities done on named characters. Interesting. And they're going to be profound, as far as I can see. Well, I thought it was funny. Uh, first of all, Entertainment Weekly came out. Like, right before the trailer dropped, Entertainment Weekly came out on their digital forums and up their magazine, and they talked about Scorpion. And they were like, this primarily feels like a Scorpion story. Whereas, and then everybody else is kind of intertwined within that story. Whereas a lot of other Mortal Kombat projects kind of focuses more on the Earth Realm soldiers and the people that Raiden brings in to to say to keep the Earth Realm safe. This feels more like a sub, like a raid like a uh, Sub Zero not Sub Zero but Scorpion story. Uh, I I get them mixed up that sometimes verbally. I even anyway, heard you say Raiden there for a second. I was expecting you to go through the whole roster before you landed on Scorpion. Yeah, okay, Raiden. No, anyway. So, <laughs> uh, so, but Scorpion story, and I'm like, well, they kind of already did that in Scorpion's Revenge, which was the animated movie that they did a while back. And so it's interesting that they're kind of picking up Scorpion again as the main through line, if that's where they're going. But then the other thing I thought was interesting about it was they said, well, Scorpion gets his trademark line, come here. And I'm like, not quite right, but okay. I I don't, don't, like, like, I appreciate the fact that you're trying, guys, but I don't feel like that's the expression. Like, I feel like they're close to it, but not quite close enough. And so a bunch of people will make it kind of ridicule when people are, and like, on the internet, of course, you know, people are kind of covering for Entertainment Weekly. Oh, come on, they're just journalists, guys. They don't know enough about video game lore. And it's like, but they're journalists. Like, you know, I mean, yeah, the Jezebel thing was kind of funny, but like Entertainment Weekly coming out and doing that, it's kind of like, you know, it's get over here. You know, it's 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 been get over here since the beginning with him, except for all the so, times that he says come here, except for all those times, yeah. You know, wait, what, what games did he say that? I'm confused. Let's I'm see. missing something. Mortal, Mortal Kombat, Kombat 9, Mortal Kombat well, X, Mortal no, Kombat no, 11. No, I was gonna be like, uh, let's see, Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat 2, Mortal Kombat 3, Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance, 
Mortal Kombat Annihilation. The one where uh, everybody Kombat fights Armageddon. on top of the tower. Mortal Kombat Deception. Mortal Kombat 9. See, I guess for me, and yeah, I do remember him saying come here sometimes, but I felt like get over here was the more trademark thing. Oh, well, well it, it, is. it is, but we're making a joke. <laughs> <laughs> it is, but there, it is still true that he has said yeah. come here. Yeah. Come here! Come here! <laughs> Which has always been Ed Boon. It's always been Ed Boon. Mm-hmm. Wait a second. It's always Ed Boon? It always has been. <laughs> it's all Ed Boon. It's all Ed Boon. Here's a question. Did yes. you guys ever play the Mortal Kombat DC versus the DC Universe game? Um, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we've covered that. Didn't we? I don't know if I we I don't did. remember. It's all just a blur of pain and agony to me. Yep. Uh, I wanted to say, Will, yes... Warner Brothers did make the Scorpion's Revenge movie, but show of hands, how many people have seen that? I I, I have my hands up because I own it. I haven't seen Smider it. Smiter and I have not, so two out of three of the people on this podcast haven't seen it. <laughs> Will, can we borrow that? He, he gave <laughs> us a code for it. Y'all have the code for it! We got the code. When did, he tell, when did that happen? Um, Like a year ago. What? The week, the weekend that Scorpion's I Revenge? bought it. I sent it, I sent it out. I was just like, hey guys, here's the code for this one. Boom. The only digital code I did not send y'all was for Fat Man, because in case something happens to the disc, I wanted to be able to have the digital copy. Well, now we're going to watch that tonight. Are we? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want to. Oh, yeah, true. Uh, tomorrow. Maybe. Uh, well... Uh, maybe maybe the next day. Uh, I don't know. I kind of have work and stuff. Uh, that's true. You do. You're pretty busy. Well, what about the day after that? Uh, I kind of still have to get work. Oh, yeah, that's tomorrow. true. And I can't do it the day after that. I'm busy. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. Well, well, we'll probably oh, get around Watch it eventually. <laughs> okay. Eventually. It's on the... It's a, put it on the maybe pot. Put it on the... Okay. <laughs> I just wanted well, to say, as far as the mainstream WB audience goes... I'm fairly certain. Oh yeah, a fraction. Yeah, of those people watch Scorpion's Revenge. Oh yeah, I seriously doubt anybody else did. Plus, not even everybody <laughs> even knows what Scorpion's origin story even is. Anyway, mm-hmm. people probably don't even know that his real name is Hanzo Hisashi. Mm-hmm. Probably people don't even know that his wife and son were murdered. Mm-hmm. Probably well, doesn't even people... know that Quan Chi was the one involved in doing that. Mm-hmm. Most people probably don't even know. <laughs> yeah, most people probably don't even know that there is more than one Sub Zero. Yeah, most people don't know that there's a such person as Quan Chi, and it's not actually Crunchy; it's Quan Chi. So, well, Quite did somebody Chi. say Crunchy to you one time? No. When I first heard the name, I thought they said Crunchy until like somebody actually corrected me on it. And I was like, oh, you mean that crunchy guy? They were like, Quan Chi will. Quan Chi. You love martial arts movies. It's not that hard. So, say it with me now. And so I was just like, Quan Chi. Okay, good. Now don't ever say crunchy again. So <laughs> I'm, I'm curious, Will. Um, you, you saw him in the games. That's where you first saw him, right? Right. Right? You, you do know that they put their names... Up on the top of the screen for you, right? And they also show it on the screen whenever you win with him. And there's also a big guy that says, Quachi wins. Yeah. 
I'm aware of that, but I'm st- I'm just telling you what I heard when I heard it the first time, and that's what I thought it was. Mocha that's all I'm saying. Wins. <laughs> I'm Meat wins. Meat. And it's also pronounced Monica Rambo. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> See, everybody, that's a callback for the last week's show. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I totally get so, Jingles' uh, hesitancy, though, when it comes to this new movie. Um, when I see it, I read a lot of it as... We've seen a lot of different interpretations of the Mortal Kombat franchise, mm-hmm. so I guess a new reinterpretation of it doesn't bother me that much. But I could totally see it from Jingles' perspective of, oh, the, the studio is going to try to make it as safe as possible. And the probably the most damning piece of evidence in my defense to that is Cole Young. Yeah, they made a they made a new character who looks like he's going to serve as an audience surrogate into this world, which I feel like that purpose could have already been served by Johnny Cage. Exactly, I, I agree with that statement. And you know what? With people saying it's like, oh, he may have ties to Scorpion. If he does, I hope we find out that he's actually another beloved character from the series. Like Takeda. Yeah. Or something. And because like there's a part where you see him standing up like standing up to Goro and he's like wearing this like weird suit mm-hmm. like on his torso like up on his upper body and I'm all like might mm-hmm. might just guess. I mean I'm totally cool with being perfectly wrong. I personally hope that like he still stays a bland piece of toast. Goro steps up, squashes him one time, and we're done with him. Rip oh, wow. But if he ends up being significant, I would like it because Takeda Takahashi from Mortal Kombat X, he wears a slightly similar Takashi. suit. And he... Uh, he ends up becoming a member of the Shirai Ryu. And Ryu. which is Scorpion's clan, in case anybody you know didn't know. Nobody knows that. Nobody knows. I think that would be a really cool thing way to turn it all around. Yeah. That's just me though. Okay. Not wrong with that. Nobody knows who Takashi Takeda is. Yeah, see, the minute you say Takashi, people are automatically thinking 6 9 and it's like, no, not him. Definitely not Takashi 6 9 at all. I never think about 6 9 I don't even know who that is. He is a rapper. Ah. I only like That's good probably rappers. all you need to know. <laughs> I yeah. only listen to definitely good rappers. Definitely wouldn't say he's a good rapper. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but... Anyway, so uh, any other thoughts about the Mortal Kombat uh, trailer that, that we've had a chance to witness from the land of Warner? Um, uh, I, I, I think it's going to be fine. I don't, I'm not expecting a whole lot from it. Um, I think it's going to go into theaters. I think it's going to have moderate success. It might make enough money to make a sequel, which is going to be worse, and then... You know, then the Mortal Kombat series is going to go under again for another 30 years before they make another movie. But I'm hoping that doesn't happen. Yeah. Well, here's a question for you, since we've been talking about this movie. Uh, the Mortal Kombat 1 or Mortal Kombat 2? 
Uh, the twenty dollars sale movies. What's what's about a movie? The two movies. <laughs> yeah. Mortal Kombat One, not Annihilation. Annihilation's hot garbage. <laughs> Father, <laughs> the invasion of Earthrealm has begun, and, and it is glorious. <laughs> There's a moment in uh, Mortal Kombat Annihilation where I feel like that there's just a guy with a bunch of plastic soldiers just dropping them in front of a green screen. Hmm. Like, and then having, they have sound effects where they sound like they're actually people falling. And then if you look later on in the beginning of it, they rewind it so now they're falling upwards. <laughs> it's just like they're just rewinding the feedback. And, like, I don't care what anybody says, uh, James Remar uh, as Raiden. Like, I understand you couldn't get Christopher Lambert back because he was probably doing anything else with that movie. Because that script did not help. Uh, but to have James Remar, there's a scene in there where he's fighting Shao Kahn near the end of the movie. And all of a sudden you look up and it's Ray Park from Star Wars. Yes. And it's obvious it's Ray Park. And you're just sitting there going like, if they were going to get a stuntman, can we at least not see the stuntman? <laughs> I don't need to see the stuntman's face, you know. But yeah, they, they, they obviously showed they stopped caring uh, between the first and the second movie. I mean, by the time you get into the Shao Kahn and, uh, and and who was the dude that was working over Shao Kahn in the Big Hood? Shinnok? I don't remember. I don't remember either. I just remember there was a scene in there where like Shao Kahn flips off of a flips off the top of a platform for no reason. Just flips off the top of it, it's like Lord Raiden has been dealt with, and he's like, uh, "So you killed him?" He's like, "No, I didn't need to kill him." And then he slides forward, it's like, "You let him live?" I'm just like, "What? Why the slide? Why did you have to get right up in front of him? you? Could you just stand that where you were standing? Like you needed to slide up like you were doing an electric slide in that old school dance floor in the '80s?" Well, you're bringing that up, but I feel like you're sleeping on the line and the exchange between Kitana and. Sindel, where she says, Mother, you're alive? And then Sindel says, Too bad you will die. <laughs> I was going to no, I didn't, you did it. I didn't sleep on that line. I tried, to purge, <laughs> I tried to purge it from my memory, just like I've tried to purge the majority of that movie from my memory, but I can't. Yes, too bad you <laughs> will die. Uh. <laughs> Honestly, when it like I don't, I Will just has feel put sad. This in my brain again. What was that? Will has put this in my brain again. Which one? This. Oh, uh, Mortal <laughs> Annihilation. Annihilation. <laughs> <laughs> it is glorious. <laughs> I uh, I don't know, man. I hope, and I only say this because we saw Legendary Pictures do that with their franchise. I hope they go the way of Godzilla and King of the Monsters. Where it's all like the first one was pretty muted and serious, and then the second one was way more colorful and way more fun. But we'll see. Okay. Well, here's hope. Here's hope uh, that we get that we can find out and it'll be good. Um, hopefully, we can talk about it at some point, whether it be on HBO Max or if they ever decide to put it out on Blu ray or DVD, maybe a rental or something, and I can check it out and see. Um, See how it how it holds up to the rest we'll of the land of Mortal Kombat. Here's my other question: Do you think we're going to have Cole show up as a DLC in the future game? I hope not. Golly, I hope not. 
<laughs> okay, so guys, gentlemen, should we take a slight break before we get into the main crux of our little conversation today? Sure, it works for me. All right, let us take a break. Ladies and gentlemen, when we get back, we're going to talk about a $2,500 comic book that was signed by Keanu Reeves that should be hitting local comic stores in the next couple of weeks. So we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit about it. Join us back here in just a moment. Okay, so we're back. Uh, just like a fatality or a babe alley or a friendship. Do they call them friendship alleys or just friendships? They're just called friendships. Have you ever played any of these games, Will? <laughs> I've played a few. I, I just haven't played all of them. You don't have to have played all of them to I mean, these. Well, we'll still be your friends if you haven't played them. It's okay, Will. We're still your friends. You don't got to be cool to kick it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I played. I remember playing the first one years ago because <laughs> I was actually in college when we played it. And it was funny because we used to always try to figure out what the people were saying. So, like, at one point with uh, Raiden... Whenever he would fly across the sky and do the little push move that he does, we'd be like, Funky Marmalade. Funky Marmalade! <laughs> Funky Marmalade! <laughs> and then with Luke Kang, whatever he would do his bicycle kick, it would be, you're the only one that can play with my butt. You're the only one that can play with my butt! <laughs> so, you know, that's what we did. So then we played other versions of the games as they progressed up, you know, of course, from the Nintendo to PlayStation, PlayStation, <laughs> You know, and everything like that. And so it played different ones. I mean, yeah, I remember the era where it was just like friendship, but I always I didn't I didn't remember if uh, if they just referred to them as friendships or if they were like friendship allies. Because I knew like there was like babe ality and animalities and animalities at one point. Uh, that reminds me of that horrid line that they got the Night Wolf character to say in Mortal Kombat Annihilation, where he comes up, the wolf comes up and tries to attack Liu Kang. And then they're like transformed back into Night Wolf, and he's all like, that's my animality. You know, it's just like, the way y'all did that sucks, but I get it. But that yes. was bad. Um, <laughs> I have not played all of them. I've just played a lot of the, the, the most recent three, which I think are the only ones you really need to play, because even the old ones are kind of trash. Like three, well, Mortal Kombat trilogy is okay. Um, there, there's still a, a good competitive nature to it. Mortal Kombat one and two, well, especially number one, just not really that good as a fighting game, not competitively. No. Mortal Kombat two, it's okay. Mortal Kombat three was the best of the trilogy. Mortal Kombat four, kind of sucks. <laughs> uh, Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance is fun. Uh, Mortal Kombat Deception is okay. Mortal Kombat Armageddon, eh? Mortal Kombat, <laughs> Mortal Kombat, yeah, yeah. eh? There, there's super banned characters in that. There's a reason for that. Uh, Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe is not good. No. Uh, Mortal Kombat 9, no. great. Mortal Kombat 10, outstanding. Mortal Kombat 11, really good. Really, really, really good. Yeah. There you go. That's that, what I mean. That. With like, It feels like a second renaissance they're going through. Yeah. They're definitely making good ones. Although I have a lot of complaints with 11. I, I think uh, 10 might be my favorite one. Yeah. A little too restrictive? Too much on the footsies? Yeah, well, there's, there's, two, it's layered. Mm -hmm. I can't get into it. It's a, it's a big weird cake, and I, there's layers to it that I don't want to get into right now. Because somebody put buttercream, but they also put like mustard in there. It's weird. Well, oh, what's the mustard? Oh, that's horrible. Oh, but the, here's the why thing. Why would you do that? No, here's the thing. Somebody at the party is really gonna like that. Yeah, somebody at the party is gonna think that's great. Yeah, but we don't. I don't like it, but you know. <laughs> 
<laughs> wow. That okay. So I'm gonna bring this up. Shut up, because I'm still discussing about that mustard on a cake idea. Uh, so <laughs> apparently, uh, we have a comic book coming out by Boom Studios uh, called Berserker, Boom. and the Berserker comic book is a comic that is uh, based on a character created in the likeness and idea of one Keanu Reeves. You guys may have heard of that guy. I mean, he was in a series of movies, you know, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. You know, uh, I believe it's Raising Minnesota and some other movies. He's up and coming, pretty good up and coming actor. Mm-hmm. You know, you know. I mean, besides, you know, The Matrix, John Wick, and everything else on the planet that's cool. Uh, <laughs> as far as those movies go, but anyway, um, so he created a character. Basically, it's the story of a guy who's immortal. He's trying to figure out his past. And he works for the government, basically, to do these off-the-wall missions. And as he does these missions, they basically reveal tidbits about his prior life to him somehow. Uh, and they don't really go any more into it. There was a Kickstarter campaign back last year that kind of suffered some controversy because they were trying to do the Kickstarters primarily for the trades. They were like, we're going to give you these awesome opportunities for these trades early. Uh to where you'll get them before stores get them, basically. But we're going to release the comics in stores. We're going to release the regular trades in stores. All this other stuff we're going to the local comic book stores with. It's just that these trades will only be available through via Kickstarter. And so they got some trouble. People gave them some heat about it. It really didn't matter. It was the number one top-selling book of the year for Kickstarter. Uh, was that followed number two by another property that Boom Studios did, which was the trade volumes of all of the Power Rangers books up until this current run. And so you can get these really swanky, hardcover, super limited versions, where I think if you bought all three or four of them, it's like 500 bucks to buy them all. And that was the second highest campaign of the year. So anyway, so Berserker, they announced right before they started coming, which I think they're actually going to be in stores next week. Um, so, what's going to happen is, is that basically, there was a 1 in 1,000 variant. I hear keyboards, which means somebody's doing research. Nope. Pretty sure that's Jingles. No, oh, I'm not no researching research. anything. Oh, okay. I didn't know. I, I was just I am, thinking, I am I am typing, but I'm not doing research. Oh, okay. So, anyway, so basically, uh, they sat down and was like, you know, we're going to do this 1 in 1,000 variant that uh, we're going to bring in and we're going to have Keanu sign them all. And people were just like, Err? and of course everybody thought, oh, they're going to kickstart those. Nope. They're going to comic book stores. So if a comic book store ordered a thousand or more copies of Berserker, they're getting one copy of this very ultra limited, uh, very much signed by Keanu Reeves book. The first copy that pre-sold on eBay two weeks ago pre-sold for $2,500. So the question that I asked to my Facebook group uh, was a simple one. I didn't get anybody actually asked my podcast page or my personal Facebook I actually asked a question. And I will read that question to you now. I did put the question up and the, the Rascal Bros were nice enough to allow me to uh, post it up in the in their server as well but I didn't actually get any answers on it mm-hmm. but that's okay uh, so basically the question was if you had $2,500 to spend on comics 
all your other bills and stuff are paid. You know, there was no situation where, you know, you're owing somebody. Here it is. For my comic book collectors and fans, question for the next episode of the podcast. If you had $2,500 to spend on comics or slash manga, all your responsibilities were paid for, what would you get? So first, I'd like to read out the responses that we got here and then have you guys talk about what you guys would possibly buy if you were interested in doing that for that. So, uh, Omri, who owns a store called Hunter Killer Collectibles, uh, he's, he'll actually there's going to be a future interview on with him because uh, he created a comic called Yishu Shin. Uh, he said 2,500 copies of X-Force number one. Uh, now, for those of you who may not know, uh, the Polybag X-Force number one comics, the ones done by Rob Liefeld back in the 90s, there was a three or four part I think about it for trading cards in it. Well, one of those trading cards is a Deadpool trading card. The reason why it's garnered a lot of heat is because everybody's considering that the second appearance of Deadpool. The first appearance, I believe, was New Mutants 98. And so a lot of people are going back and paying between $15 to $30 for a comic book that up until about a month ago was in most people's dollar boxes. And so people are going out and trying to get that card graded because uh, somebody sold that card graded at a PSA 10 for like over $1,000. So there you go. Uh, Kyle Northrup, uh, he is the person who helped run the Cadets Con. He was actually one of the guys that put a lot of the stuff together for tech and such. Uh, he basically said uh, $2,500 wouldn't get me close to my grail, so probably just my pull list for two months. Um... Uh, I asked him what his grail book was. He basically says that I don't already own a copy of any detective books under 100. I'm actually looking for, but would love an upgrade for Amazing Spider-Man number one in a in a HG, which I don't remember for sure what HG is. I'm not sure either. Uh, and then Josh Palaresco uh, said Fantastic Four number 48 or Showcase number 22. Mark Park, who's been on the podcast in the past, said my own comic. So I'm guessing she'd be ordering comics to go do cons and stuff like that, which I couldn't, I can't wait for her to do a comic book. That'd be so awesome if she did a, her own book, because I'd love to read that. Uh, Chris Moran, who did a book called Peerless, and it was on the podcast a while back, he said, so much Swamp Thing, all the Alan Moore run. And I'm like, that'd be a lot of books, because Alan Moore was on Swamp Thing for a while. And then Drina Joe said, Wiz Comics number two. I think Wiz Comics number two was, may have been the first appearance of Black Adam, but I don't remember for sure. So those were... Huh? I can find out. Okay. So those were their... Um, those were their... Those were their options. I... Here's the thing about me. Like, I don't know that I... I mean... Could I spend two thousand five hundred dollars on comic books? I'm pretty sure I could. First appearance, Captain is... Marvel. Oh, gotcha. There you go. Okay, so it's close. Not quite Black Adam, but Shazam or Captain Marvel in that case. Because at the time he had the Captain Marvel name. Captain Shazam Marvel. <laughs> Captain Shamarvel. Captain Shamarvel. Captain Shamarvel. Well, hey, I mean, now we got Shazam, so that's a whole different thing. Don't talk about Shazam. <laughs> Oh gosh, that uh, whole concept. Oh, get it. Anyway, 
So uh, $2,500 for a comic. I think I would. I think there's a list of trades I would probably want to pick up if I could find them. Uh, I know I'd want to pick up the Icon trade because they only did one. They're out of they're very much out of print now, and the average for Icon, the trade paperbacks are between fifty to ninety dollars a pop. Uh, same thing for the Static Shock trades that they did. They actually did two. They did the regular trade for the first run of the books, and then they did a trade for the Rebirth of Cool trade. And so, again, those would range between $50 to $100 a pop because they're both out of print. And DC and Miles, DC won't reprint those. I don't know why. Like, I kind of, I actually kind of went on a small Twitter campaign trying to find out who I'd have to talk to to get them to reprint. Nobody, there's been no answer. So, um, I'd say I would pick up the trades for Static and Icon because I think those are the only two milestone books that they traded. Most of the rest of them, they just didn't. Um, and then the only other thing I can think of, really, is just... Uh, it would be nice just to go into, like, a half-price books and just buy a bunch of trades that I need. Mm-hmm. And a bookshelf to put them all in. Like, I would love to get my hands on the whole entire first trade run. I think the first five trades that they did of the TMNT books in the original black and white. Uh, which those range about 25 a piece. So I don't know that I'd be buying a bunch of expensive stuff. I mean, I've got a buddy of mine that already got me a copy of Superman, Superman's uh, Girlfriend's, Superman's Girlfriend, Lois Lane, issue 106. It's the one I think I told you guys about where she basically turns herself into a black woman mm-hmm. because she needs to understand the plight of black people. So she decided to get in the machine and turn herself into a black woman, which I'm just like, okay. Superman stuff. Yep, we talked about that whole thing back when comics got really, really silly. Uh, but anyway, so that would be probably what I would want to uh, to get my hands on. I don't know if there's like one book out there that I would say like I need to get Spider-Man number one, or I want to get the first appearance of this character. The first, I would just buy a bunch of trades and try to find the completed stories that I never got to read growing up and stuff. Yes. So, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure I probably want to get my hands on like the whole My Hero Academia, and probably once they I'll release it all, the whole uh, arc of Dragon Ball Super. Uh, maybe. People, people don't actually have a lot of good things to say as far as the comic of Dragon Ball Super goes. Yeah. I like the concepts, and I like the fact that now they're actually starting to get to a place where Goku just can't get more power and beat the opponent. They're starting to actually show that there are people more powerful than him at his highest level. So it's kind of play. It's kind of interesting to see how he overcomes something when there's no higher level for him to get. Yeah, sure, but we mean like the comic versus the anime. Yeah, the where anime, people are the anime and the comic are different from each other. Yeah, yeah, very much so. They're a lot further ahead, too. So. Mm-hmm. So it's really up to anyway. whether or not you want to buy the anime or buy the comic. Yeah, a lot of people have a lot of complaints about the about the manga version of it. Mm-hmm. But less complaints about the anime version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So, I mean, you guys, uh, any particular books you all would be interested in? Any particular runs or anything like that you guys would get if you had $2,500 to spend on comics or if manga? I, if I had $2,500 to spend on stuff, uh, I would be getting stuff that I already need uh, to collect. We need to finish Nightfall. We don't have all of Nightfall. I need to get um, Long Halloween. Um, there's not a whole lot of Superman runs that I really need. Uh, I really want to get a hold of um, some of the really nice classic storylines of Spider-Man. Uh, like to get some trades of those. Um, so, like the Clone Saga, for example, because I know somebody that has a bunch of the, the the Clone Saga trades and omnibuses, and she was selling them really cheap. But that Clone Saga, you know, Ben Riley. Well. Well, why would you do this? <laughs> You've actually taken the wind out of my brother's sails, and I'm trying to figure out how to re-energize him now. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I don't think we can do this anymore. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> would you like to go to, to the Clone Saga? <laughs> Notice there's a lot of disdain in my voice in case it wasn't abundantly clear for the clone saga itself. Because I think we all three agree we all hate that idea. And apparently they're doing it again in the Miles Morales comic book. Because people are running out of ideas again. Well, we were talking about what I want. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, we are. Will has to attack me personally. I know. Personally, you've already voiced me. you don't like that. <laughs> That's like you want me to buy you all of Dragon Ball GT. Did they do a manga for GT? Heck, no, they didn't. I don't think so. <laughs> I was like, wait, I don't remember them doing a manga for that. There's a reason. Yes, there is. Yes, there. So, okay, in all seriousness. What classic Spider-Man series would you be interested in getting? I'd have to look them up. I don't remember what some of them are called, but there's there's a few runs that I want to check out. I wouldn't mind getting uh, some of the first stuff that uh, in Ultimate Spider-Man, where Miles was starting to, you know, do his thing. I wouldn't mind picking those up. Um, as far as manga goes, yeah, I need to collect all of My Hero Academia. Um, I need that in my life. Uh, One Punch Man I need in my life. Um, I need to actually complete Bakuman because we've said before and we'll say it again. It Bakuman is invaluable to people that one, like manga, and two, want to get into making comics. Like, very yeah. good stuff. Um, it's a very good thing to read. Uh, Dragon Ball Z, I wouldn't mind. Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z. I don't care about Super as far as the manga goes. Um, and so... Um, and th there, there's a lot of series that I want to pick up, but I, I guess specifically, um, I want to collect. I want to get the entirety of the the Vader run that Marvel was doing recently. Um, mm -hmm. I want to get all of those comics. Those are really, really good. Um, yeah, uh, Josh got me like a big old book first appearance of uh, Venom. So I don't need to get that. 
uh, have all of that. I'm not interested in the King in Black saga at all, um, so I'm probably not going to pick that up. Fair enough. Um, and that's mainly because I'm just... Um, I feel like Venom's just too oversaturated. They did Venomverse and, and Venom this and Venom that, and they keep pushing Venom. Uh, and the reason for that is because Venom is incredibly popular. But I feel like these people have a big difficulties actually writing Venom and doing stuff with Venom. Um, so it's been it's been not great. Um, personally, other people are going to disagree because other people... They did stuff with Venom that other people like. People want Venom to be this crazy rage monster that eats people's heads. That's not the Venom I like. Um, but, you know... That's me. Are you more lethal protector? Are you more lethal protector venom? I'm more lethal protector venom. But okay. even like the storyline that happened in Lethal Protector started pretty good and then it got really dumb. Uh, so I, I think I think they nailed like the personality of Venom, at least the first couple of issues. Which Smider bought me the entirety of Lethal Protector, which bless his heart for doing that. Um But I feel like the storyline itself wasn't super great. Venom himself, I thought was fine. I thought he was pretty good. Um, so it, it's one of those things where it's like I, I'm really nitpicky about my comics now. Like I only want the best of the best, not the, not the thing that people are like, "Oh, this is pretty good." I'm like, "No, I want the best right now." And that's that's. So, like, would you be interested in the McFarlane run of the Spider of Spider Man? I would. I would definitely pick up the McFarlane run of Spider Man. I want to pick up. Um, the stuff that Jim Lee was doing with the X Men, I want to read all that. Um, it Ugh, just, yeah, that's another one that they just they just reprinted the omnibus for that, and those are still like I think eighty bucks a pop. I think the out of print ones are over a hundred. Mm-hmm. So I'd want to get those. That's the kind of stuff I want to get. I want to get like art books and stuff also by mm-hmm. by the prolific artists, like especially Mark Silvestri and Jim Lee and and, and those guys. Um, but well, if you if you really wanted to blow my lid, you could get me like um, all the stuff that uh, Rob Liefeld did. Just get me get me a collection of that, and as well as the Clone Saga, and then you you could rest assured that I'd never want to talk to you again. <laughs> <laughs> See, here's the problem with that. In all reality, now yes, I brought up the Clone Saga as a joke, but in all reality, no, I couldn't. Okay. When was the last time I was tempted to even buy anything drawn by Rob Liefeld? They recently started doing a Snake Eye series. Mm-hmm. And Rob Liefeld's doing the art for that. That's the last time I actually picked up uh, a Rob Liefeld series. But prior, but prior to that, uh, I would say it was X-Force. It was the last time I was willing to really like legit pick up, like go out of my way to pick up... Like, I remember getting a copy of Youngblood 1 and looking at it going, this is only getting worse. Like, and they kept rewarding him with more stuff. Like, I think he did a run on Teen Titans. There's literally a scene in Teen Titans where, like, one of the girls' abs just become silly putty. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm just going, look, I know I'm not a pro. Okay, I don't know that I'll ever be a pro comic book artist in this thing called life. And if I am not, I'm not. That's fine. But you know what? I pray to I pray to Almighty God that I never come out with something that anatomically incorrect. 
for the sake of a comic book. Like, I would rather just scrap the whole thing. Like, seriously, like, don't let me ever do that. Like, if I ever do something like that, put that out in the general pop for the general public, shoot me in the head. I'm done. Mm-hmm. Right? Because I'm just like, no, no. So, yeah, no, you don't ever have to worry about me actually legit buying you any Rob like that. It was a gag gift. I wouldn't torture you with a gag gift of a Rob Liefeld book. You know what's do a comic series that was pretty popular for a while, but I really don't like the art in? What's that? was the a Heroes Reborn series. Ooh. Well, that, he, you know, Jim Lee's Fantastic Four was pretty awesome. I do love Jim Lee's Fantastic Four, but the rest of it, I could have done without. Although, apparently, in the Captain America book that Liefeld did, he introduced a character named Ricky Barnes, mm-hmm. who was basically a female version of Bucky. And apparently, because we're in the multiverse now, guys, uh, she's going to be showing up in Falcon Winter Soldier. Great. I'm so happy. Actually, show up in a Marvel series. Wonderful. This is this is the best day ever. You know. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. Uh, as far as yeah, I don't, I don't have a whole lot of uh, comics that I'm like dying for right now because I have a lot of the the ones that I've been interested in and I'm not finished reading them yet. Um, so probably a few manga, probably a few comics. $2,500 isn't that much when you want to collect stuff like this. So it's not no. going to be a whole lot. Um, but like I said, it, it would have to be the best of the best. So that's me. What about you, brother? I would spend all my money on Amazing Fantasy number 15. All of your Amazing. money on, on Amazing Fantasy number 15? Getting myself a copy of Amazing Fantasy number 15. I don't think... You'd probably get like a pretty trashy copy at twenty five hundred dollars. Either that or uh, Tales of Suspense number thirty nine, which was first appearance of Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Amazing fantasy Let's number see. fifteen. By the way, for those of you that forgot, I don't know how you would. Amazing fantasy number fifteen is the first appearance of Spider Man. There you go. Value. Let me see. Uh, somebody sold a, a, a near mint condition one for um, $1,100,000. Okay, yeah. So, you know, just the, the cost of a human life. Yeah. <laughs> sell my comic books. Let me see what we got here on sell my comic books. Buy yours today. <clears throat> Amazing fantasy number 15. Uh, for like... For like the worst condition one that you can find, brother, mm-hmm. it's still over like five thousand dollars. Okay, <laughs> so you couldn't you couldn't even afford Amazing Fantasy number fifteen. No, I couldn't. Was it no. ta- Tales of Suspense? What? Uh, Tales of Suspense number thirty nine. Tales of Suspense number thirty nine. Uh. <laughs> First appearance of Iron Man. Iron Man! Sell my comic books. Let's see here. Ah, look at that Iron Man. Oh, 
He's so retro. Oh, handsome. Such a handsome boy. Handsome. Uh, <laughs> he become big Iron Man later. Now he Iron Boy. Is considered. Oh yeah, that was a whole other thing. Speaking of heroes reborn. Nope. <laughs> no. No, I don't think we're gonna talk about Iron Lad. I don't think we're gonna talk about that, Will. No, hush. Well, all I gotta say is Franklin Richards fixed it just good. That's all I'm gonna say. Even at the poorest conditions, uh, some of the the worst conditions, uh, you can get one for for the like trashiest. Like it's mm-hmm. been in the mud and yeah. like the pages stick together. Yeah. For something like that, you can get that for seven hundred and fifty bucks. So not quite. So all much. right, I'll, I can get a decent enough copy then for like the, the a really nice mint condition copy. Yeah. Uh, the sale for that was uh. A measly $262,000. I'm sure I can find something in the middle. So, bro, I understand that it hurts knowing that yeah. Tales of Suspense number 39 is it is nowhere near as pricey as Amazing Fantasy number 15. But that's okay. Hey, Iron Man's still cool. People like uh, Iron Man. Don't patronize me. <laughs> well, look, just remember... They do release the wonderful omnibuses if you just wanted to get it to read it. But, yeah, yeah, understand. Don't patronize me! Will, you and I both know that (laughs) people don't buy comic books to read them. They buy comic books to put them in a glass thing and put them up on the shelf so people come by and be like, what's that? And then you'd be like, oh, "Oh." as you you, like scoot (laughs) over in your rolly chair... And yeah, you're like, and you me. point up with one hand, and you're all like, oh, this this is Tales of Suspense number 39. It's no big deal. It's the first appearance oh. of Iron Man. I want to tell you a story about a comic book I bought. <laughs> <laughs> Written and created by a uh, super, super amazing brother team-up of Stan Lee and Larry Lieber. No oh. big deal. No big deal. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, the, the the people, the myth, the legends. You know, I wish Snyder and I would be cool brothers that would make a comic together. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, I've heard the legend that you guys are working on some stuff. Uh, I hope the legends are true. <laughs> <laughs> right so, on. besides those two comics, something that you could actually afford with $2,500. Okay. What would you like? Because sure, I would like a copy of Amazing Fantasy number 15, but there's no way I could afford that. That's true. No, I think yours might align to the same with mine, where it's like, I just want to complete some of the series that we have already Mm -hmm. and buy more space for them. We need to get the rest of the JoJo series that they've translated and released in the United States. That's true. We need to do that. Because there's still a whole bunch of JoJo that has not been uh, released Mm. officially in the United States yet. Right. So... That's hard. Yeah. I, whatever omnibus I can get my hands on for a bunch of the old uh, comics. I'd be down with that. Like Super, uh, Spider-Man, Iron Man, yeah, even Superman and Batman. Yeah. Some more of those. Um, I actually don't have a huge desire to collect like individual like old school issues. Mm-hmm. First, first appearance of Wolverine or whatever the crap. Um um, I don't have a huge desire to collect stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I prefer to collect figures and 
uh, just get omnibuses and trades. Me of too. The old. Me too. Of the old books, so I that's can actually what, just read them. Yeah, that's what I would do. I think. Yeah, that's what I would like as well. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely interesting to. Yeah, it's definitely interesting to dream. Uh, as far as that goes, I mean, goodness gracious! I mean, yes, it would be awesome to be able to own, um, to own the first appearance of Wolverine and the Incredible Hulk books. Yeah, there was actually two books that kind of considered his first appearance. Like, there's a partial appearance at the very end of the first one, and then his full appearance in the beginning of that next comic. So they kind of do his two his debut in two books. Uh, so it'd be like, yeah, I'd be lovely to own those. So I'm like, there's no way on God's great crew earth I would ever have that kind of money. And if I did, there were so many other things I'd rather get, you know, than to ever get that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, you know, but it's just, it's just kind of interesting how that works. Um, but anyway, you know, I mean, yeah, y'all mentioned Heroes Reborn, and I just want to say they're doing it again, like uh, this summer, I think. But apparently, instead of doing the actual event that they originally did, they're basically doing. Uh, they did a thing a year or two ago where they did like a, what they called Infinity Warps, where they basically merged different people together. I think it was like they did one. It was like Black Widow and uh, Black Widow and She-Hulk, and they did all these other little smash-ups and things like that. And so now they're like, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna do this," and I'm just like, "I why this is bad." Why nobody nobody asked for this? They're like, "Oh, it's the 25th anniversary of uh, of Heroes Reborn," and I'm like, "I don't care. Nobody asked for this." And a bunch of people are still just like, "Nobody asked for this. Why are you doing it?" Other than they just want to use it as an excuse to basically do their own version of the same thing DC's doing. It's like, "Oh, they're rebooting their universe. Let's reboot ours too." I'm like, "No, no, like no." And I appreciate what y'all had, what you had to say about uh, King and Black. Although I will say, he actually has been set up before they really tied him to Venom. Uh, he was kind of set up as this ultra super bad that, like, just brutal. He set back up in the Thor books, uh, and he was tied loosely tied to Gore the God Butcher. And so they kind of been setting him up for a while. This actually feels like something that's, you know, sometimes, you know, something in the comics will happen. I'll be like, oh, we've been setting this up for years. It's like, no, you haven't. No, like, where, like, what comics can you show me where you go back and set any of this up prior to the last, last, this summer, before the summer y'all release it? But with this, they've really been playing with the whole idea of Noel for a while. I mean, Noel basically came down and handed everybody else. You know, just hardcore, just straight ripping people apart. It was bad and beautiful at the same time. I was like, you feel like there's actual threats. You feel like there's actual stakes involved. Because, I mean, your boy just straight up comes down with a bunch of symbiotes and covers the planet. Like, issue one. You know, so it's pretty crazy. But I understand everybody's not, it's not everybody's cup of tea. And that's fine. Um... But, yeah, y'all, I posted up in the thing. You can see some of the wonderful pictures drawn by Rob Liefeld of his wonderful anatomy. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I needed a reminder, but thank you anyway. You know, no problem. Just in case people needed to laugh. There you go. Nobody else can see up. it but us. As we're yeah. all looking down, and Will saw, like, in case we needed a laugh. Long pause and silence. Long pause. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Will. Uh, 
That's uh, that's, real that's hysterical. <laughs> that's oh, <sighs> as uh, as the great Louis C.K. would say, that's hilarious. Gotcha. Well, uh, and, and so basically, yeah, we just kind of all come away saying we basically buy trades and stuff of things we like. Or, you know, like I said, there's certain issues of comics I would love to have in my hands, but I have access to one and I have the other one. The first one was the one where Aunt May was the golden oldie, where she was a herald of Galactus. And the second one is one I'll probably have in my hands by next week, which is the one where Lois Lane gets turned into, gets turned into a black woman. That's it. Right. I'm not the guy looking for the number ones or anything. I'm just the guy looking for the weirdest stuff that I've seen it and go, you know, I'd love to own that one day. Why do I need to ever own a comic book where Lois Lane turns herself into a black woman? I don't know. It's just weird. You know, why do I need a comic where Aunt May makes a wheat cake that manages to sate the hunger of Galactus? Because it's weird. She was a herald of Galactus. That was weird. For one comic. <laughs> Aunt May, a woman who, as we've all kind of said multiple times in our own way, as much as we love her as a character, she should have been gone a long time ago. She really should have. You know, like, there's so much more story to tell with Peter moving on, you know, and I'm not saying, I'm not trying to be cruel for elderly people, that's not my point. I just feel like they got really lazy with the whole Aunt May device, and the one chance they had to really pull the trigger on it and do something revolutionary in the storytelling of Peter Parker to take him to a whole other place, it's like, no, we're just going to have Mephisto bring her back. Basically, Peter's going to make a deal with the devil for her, for him and his wife's unborn child. Oh, and their marriage. Because, you know, the devil of Marvel Universe wants their love so much that he's willing to trade it for Aunt May's life. Yeah. No. <sighs> one more day is garbage. As a long <laughs> as a long time Spider-Man fan, the storyline of One More Day is really really bad. Uh, and it makes me upset. Uh Look, and Joe Quesada, whose artwork I love, has some really awesome artwork in it, but even his artwork couldn't save that story. Yep. Like, I heard the concept that was just like, I don't want to touch that. Like, that just seems like lazy way out. It's like, I mean, uh, just uh, all around. Uh. So, did no, we whenever I that one. Did we miss the premise here? Because I thought we were still talking about what we won, and then now not we're talking, what we hate. Not what we hate. <laughs> Sorry. So yeah, that one not buying it. Okay, there we go. Um, so anybody else have anything? You know, I thought about something mm -hmm. actually. Now that you said it, you guys mentioned Spider Man. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna tell you one of my favorite storylines of Spider Man. Y'all remember when Spider Man got the power cosmic through Captain Universe for a short time? Yes, I do. There, because my favorite cover in that series was one where like. Spider-Man is just punching the snot out of the Hulk. Mm-hmm. And nobody knows how. Like, it's just like, how has Spider-Man got that kind of power? And apparently he was possessed by, that, by uh, the spirit, the power of Captain Universe for a while. Like, he's flying around, he's doing all this crazy stuff. But it's like, eventually, it just goes away. You know, it's kind of like in the Bible, and the Holy Spirit would just come upon somebody for a short period of time, and then it would just leave. Yeah. When the, when the need was no longer there. 
It's kind of what happens to Spider-Man. Captain Universe shows up. Not that I'm comparing Captain Universe to the Holy Spirit. Definitely not trying to be sacrilegious. But mm-hmm. yeah, he shows up for a while, fights, does some crazy cool stuff, and then Captain Universe just ball, bails out. just gone. And I'm like, oh, well. But it was a neat story because it was like, it was one of the first times I'd read Spider-Man, and Spider-Man really didn't know what was happening. Mm-hmm. And they didn't give him a simple way of figuring it out. Like, it took a lot of people trying to figure out what was going on before he really knew what was happening. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of cool. That's one of my favorite Spider-Man storylines. Yeah, I think the other way you can get it now, other than buying the floppies, is in an epic collection, which is about 40 bucks. Mm-hmm. So, that was really say, cool. I you know, uh, was never really that huge of a fan of the costume. The abilities that he had, that was cool. I think the costume would be fine. I think what really throws it off is just that little patch of webbing around his mouth. Mm-hmm. I think it really throws off the entire look. But how would you know it's oh. Spider-Man if he didn't have that? Oh, you're talking about what he had, like a blue and the white cosmic-looking infused costume? Yeah, I posted it in the chat. Yeah, yeah. I remember that era, but, I mean, there was a period where he didn't even have that costume on. It was just, like, for a while, it was just in his regular outfit. He was just flying around doing crazy things. And everybody was like, oh, well, he's got power now. You know, that's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. So, that's one of my favorite Spider-Man runs. I've, I've always, it's funny, I actually posted up the other day a David Scott interview. He, of course, did uh, Batgirl and a bunch of stuff. He also did some Spider-Man as well as Miles Morales Spider-Man art. And he always talks about how he enjoys drawing teenage heroes because there's a whole lot more energy in their movements. Mm-hmm. So he thought it was really cool. And so it was really cool to talk to him about that and stuff. But yeah, he wasn't swinging around when he had those powers. I'm telling you, he was flying all over the place for that one. Mm-hmm. So, But anyway, guys, I think unless y'all got something else that y'all would be interested in buying, I think we're going to go ahead and get ready to wrap this up. Okay. okay. Um, yeah, I don't think I have anything like super specific that I that I want other than what I've mentioned already. Right. Me too. Yeah. So no, oh. no like Rod of Walking Dead trades or anything like that. Heck no. <laughs> well, I might, but uh, Jingles definitely not. I think I've mentioned before my personal opinions of The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what we're looking at. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. I just, I just was curious. I know there was a point where there was some Walking Dead purchased, and I didn't know if that was for one of you all or if that was for someone else. I got it for Smiter. Ah, okay. Because he's go. the he's the actual Walking Dead fan. Uh, gotcha. I, I, I like the Walking Dead from a safe distance behind plexiglass. <laughs> <laughs> it protects them from uh, in the event of a splash zone. Yeah, and also having ah. feelings for anything. Yeah. Yeah, just remember behind the plexiglass, you'll 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 start to listen for the song, and behind the plexiglass, you hear "I'll be your roundabout" and guitar riffs and craziness going on in the background. So I'm thinking of JoJo. Well, I was intentionally making a JoJo reference. I have been trying to watch more of the series. Have you? I think I feel. Yes, I have. I, I feel like I'm still in season one because. Like, they finally got the rings dissolved. He okay. thought, oh, 
boy and his friend like dies and he's all like we're not gonna feel we don't have time to express ourselves we don't have time to feel and then they're crying and, and they're like yelling the guy's name at the top of their lungs so then he fights the dude and he eventually gets the thing name. but like they're fighting I know what the he's talking about but I'm not gonna say cool. yeah they're fighting with the chariots and all that stuff and like the guy has the wind deals and all that jazz and I'm just sitting there going like I understand what's happening but I don't understand what's happening Yep, you're in like, part I feel, like two. I, I feel like I missed a lot. No. Nope. <laughs> Try to watch this. Nope, you didn't miss anything. If you want, so, Will, yeah. I'll break it down for you sometime. Break down. Okay. That sounds good. A JoJo breakdown from, from where I'm at. But anyway, so yeah, basically ended it uh, ended it there, I think, where Lisa... Like, like the episode ends with like him <sighs> trying to save Lisa Lisa. And then... Somebody yells out, like, I can't believe this. He doesn't realize he's saving his own mother. And I'm just like, wait, what? <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> yep. I didn't know, I know this up until now. I'm like, okay. They, they throw curveballs out of, out of everywhere, I guess. They sure do. That's JoJo. That's JoJo. Hey, you're, so. you're really close to getting done with part two and getting yeah. on to the good parts. Yep. Okay, well then I know I can keep going because I'm almost mm. done. I think you have yeah. like two episodes left to do. Actually, yeah, I think you're probably super close to finishing. Okay, well keep on it, Will. Don't it. give up. You bought it. Don't give up on the JoJo. Don't give okay. up on the dream. So uh, next week, guys, this is the plan. Now that doesn't mean something major won't happen and that could change, but it's right now uh, because of the fun article that we talked about at the beginning of the podcast. We thought, I thought, I, I brought it to the guys, I, I thought, because in my head I always think this way, what would it be like to come up with an ultimate version of Mortal Kombat? And I mean, let's just go nuts. Let's just open it up to every fighting game that we know of in existence. And how could we come up with a story for it? And who do we put in our version of Ultimate Mortal Kombat? So... Just so that we're clear, we're making the ultimate Mortal Kombat game or the ultimate fighting game? Well, I was thinking Mortal Kombat specifically. Okay. But, I mean, no. Because, no buts. <laughs> I wanted to make yeah. sure that this is what you were saying. Ultimate, ultimate Mortal Kombat is what I advised, yes. Okay. okay. All right. That's what we want. Because I could tell as soon as that question left Jingles, I was like, oh, no. What that's going to give Will the incentive to be like, you know what? Ultimate fighting game. No, <laughs> no, we're Mortal not going to do that. No, we're limited to Mortal Kombat. We already know what the ultimate fighting game is. It's Super Smash Brothers. Yes. Ooh, <laughs> ooh, ooh! I can hear him squeaking. I can hear that. I like that. I tried, I tried to play that game so many times, y'all. I suck at it. Horribly. I love. I love the sincerity of. <laughs> <laughs> I tried, y'all. No, I appreciate it. I, I I love you being honest more than anything else. Well, I, I I try to do that in everything I do in this thing called life. So, um, it helps keep it helps keep me sane, or I ain't got to worry about covering up stuff with my honesty right at the beginning. Right. But that said, um, yeah. So, so next week, Ultimate Mortal Kombat game. 
Okay. All right. So we, we, we put it in. I mean, you can kind of adopt stuff, but your rules are is that whoever gets in it has to be able to deal with the laws of Mortal Kombat. So, no, we're not going back to the formula of DC Mortal Kombat where no one can actually kill anybody because we're in the land of Mortal Kombat where everybody has fatalities and such. Okay? So, just so we're making it clear because I, I, I got to limit myself because we just say Ultimate Fighting Game I and mean, we'll be there all night. And I don't want to do that to these guys and I don't want to do it to myself. Especially considering so. I've played... So many fighting games. Yeah, we'd start bringing yeah. in like anime fighters, and Will would have no clue. Oh, this is when Melty Blood gets involved. And here <laughs> we have Soul Bad Guy from Guilty Gear. Oh, Soul Bad Guy is awesome, but let's not. Also, let's I not forget about the entire cast of Bloody Roar or the entire cast of Blast Blue Cross Tag Battle, which oh opens it up even more. Oh, sorry. What I should say, or the entire cast of Blast Blue Continuum Shift. There we go. Be like, hey, I could just talk about our guys for like an hour and sit there and bring in every Final Fantasy character because technically all of the major Final Fantasy char seven characters were in our guys. So, oh, I mean, that's, that's that's cute. That's actually not true. <laughs> yeah. Cloud, uh, first of Red all, Seven, Barrett. If I'm not mistaken, Tifa was in it. Sephiroth was in it, and I think Yuffie was in it. And Vincent. Yuffie. <laughs> okay, sorry, Yuffie. <laughs> Hold on, I'm gonna look. Quan Chi. Quan Chi. Quan Chi is not in Final Fantasy VII. No, but, but that's how you say his name. <laughs> Hold on, because okay, uh, we were gonna it. close out the episode, but we gotta get this figured out. Now we gotta figure out who's in our guys. It's pronounced Air Guys. Okay, jeez, come on. Quan <laughs> Chi, Quan Chi. Okay, yeah, you got Zach, Yuffie, Vincent, Sephiroth, Tifa, and Cloud. But also, Godhead, Han, Prince, Doza, Yokos, Lee, Sasuke, Dasher, Wolf Girl, Joe, Koji, Claire, and Django. They were guest characters in Air Guys. <laughs> and not all of the Final Fantasy VII characters were in Air Guys. Yeah, where's Vincent? I didn't say all. I said most. You said all. He said all. I did say all. Okay, so some. All <laughs> <laughs> of the people from Mortal Kombat. I think the moral of the story is we don't know anything about fighting games. So and let's. The, <laughs> let's, the let's, full let's, name is Air Guys. God bless the ring. <laughs> Which is great. I don't ever remember like reading all that on the PS1 version of the game, although it could have been there. I mean, I also did I also <laughs> did play Rival Schools, which had, I think, a Sakura. That was oh, the Street Fighter I, I, we have some stuff to say about that, but Rival I will schools, save that for I will Rival save Schools <laughs> United by Fate. <laughs> That's it's actually like, a great note to lead out on. Go yeah, ahead, go ahead Will. It's like, it's like you guys sit there. It's like, Will's going to say something. And he's not going to say the complete thing. He's going to say it horribly wrong. <laughs> We're going to help him out. It's going to be great. It's going to be the continual bit. And I get it. And I'm down for it. All uh, right. So. <laughs> oh, really quick. Fun, fun fact oh about Rival goodness. Schools. This is quick. <laughs> this is quick. Fun thing about Rival Schools. So. Uh, Rival Schools itself has been tangentially uh, kind of uh, linked with Street Fighter over the years, um, where they've had some of the characters from 
from rival schools show up. I was going to tell the them this in another episode, but go ahead. The, I just wanted to, to get this out of the way. Um, the there the final um, DLC character for Street Fighter Five is going to the be the new one, not the final the, one. Yeah, the the latest DLC character yes. for for Street, Street Fighter, Fighter Five. Five. Is uh, gonna be a character from Rival Schools, mm-hmm. finally playable as a Street Fighter character. Yep. Is it the dude with the baseball bat with the hat? Uh, no, it's no. the girl. It, it, it's Akira. Akira Cosmo. Is that the one with the motorcycle, the motorcycle helmet? Yeah. Awesome. I do love her character design. Yep. All right, but let's get to anyway. it. Yep. So listen, thank you guys for joining us for another fun-filled, fun-packed episode of Conversation About Dot Dot Dot. I have said a bunch of stuff horribly wrong today, and I'm fine with it. Okay. I'm almost 50. I'll, I'm getting close to 50 years old. Okay. So at some point, I'm going to move out of that cool area of life into that area where I just say dumb stuff and expect to get corrected. And I'm okay with that. Like I, I, I learned a long time ago that sometimes I'm the guy who considers myself cool. Other people don't consider me cool. That's fine. I can deal with it. That said, I'm loved and appreciated, and so are you guys. Rascal Bros, as always, thank you so much for coming on and being a part of this experience with me. Thanks for having us. Not a problem at all. And uh, even though I mentioned that dreaded comic book that I won't say again, they still love me enough to tolerate me. So that's important. Always. So, Mm -hmm. you know, so, yeah, just... If you ever see us out in public somewhere at a con or something, don't offer us those books because we will look at you. We will lovingly look at you and shake our heads, but just say, no, we just can't accept those. I will lovingly look at you and, and kind of give you a glare and then accept the books anyway. <laughs> Until Let's next time. All right. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, be blessed with a blessing of somebody. Take care, guys.